This is a big moment for renewable energy. Lots of people support it, and so many folks are trying to use renewables to power their homes and their lives. And a lot of people have questions. So in this podcast, we'll be talking about all things solar. So welcome everyone to The Solar Spill, a podcast by your clean energy partners, SunCommon. Hey, Susanna, uh, what do you call a TV show discussing renewable energy? Um, real time? I, I don't know. What do you call it? A solar panel? A solar panel. <laughs> you get it? There's like a panel in the sky. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> Let's talk about solar energy for real. <laughs> Have you ever wondered where your electricity comes from? As we work towards a future powered by 100% renewable energy, it's important to know where we're starting. Our current power system is over 140 years old and was designed around cheap and abundant and dirty fossil fuels. The grid has become increasingly complex over the years as our energy demand has grown. Our energy sources have shifted and technology has evolved. Today, renewable energy is actually cheaper than fossil fuels. So why are we still supporting this old and inefficient grid system when we have better alternatives? There's an abundance of research indicating that a grid powered entirely by renewable energy is possible and will happen. The most recent study coming out of UC Berkeley outlines the process of getting off fossil fuels quicker than anticipated at no extra cost to taxpayers. The only thing it lacks is political support. Let's talk about the system we have now. It's all about supply and demand. Your utility company purchases electricity from various sources. Could be solar panels on your roof or a nuclear power plant 200 miles away. Electric demand varies constantly depending on the season, time of day, and a number of other factors. And when demand is higher, electricity is more expensive. ISO New England and New York ISO share in real time where 100% of the energy in our regions come from. Over 92% of the energy consumed in New England came from natural gas and nuclear power. So this is a good baseline to answer our question, where does our electricity come from? It's mostly natural gas and nuclear power. Now that we understand our electricity sources, the next step is to understand the outdated system that delivers electricity from power plants far away to our houses, buildings, and other infrastructure around the region. This is sometimes called the hub and spoke model. Our current system uses high voltage power lines to transport lots of electricity over very long distances from the power plant or the hub along spokes to smaller hubs, the substations. At the substation, the electricity is converted to a lower voltage and then travels down the spokes to power our homes and businesses. That's a lot of infrastructure. It's no surprise that utilities want to keep using it and are resisting change. As a result, we are experiencing a worldwide climate crisis that demands we change our ways. We'll need to shift from dirty power plants to renewable energy projects. But the grid is designed for one big power supplying hub with lots of spokes to carry that electricity to buildings. The hub and spoke model doesn't work well with lots of decentralized renewable energy projects acting as their own power producing hubs on buildings at the end of the spokes. 
Solar and other renewables work well now because the electricity they produce is used locally before it gets very far up those spokes. But as more and more renewable projects come online, it would be possible for them to generate so much electricity that it starts to travel back up the spokes to major power producing hubs. This could cause big problems because those hubs are only designed to produce and send out electricity, not receive it. So we need to think about how we support efficient, local, decentralized electrical generation by updating our energy infrastructure. Thankfully, the solutions are at hand. Energy storage solutions are making big leaps in how we can capture and store excess energy for use later and will be a big part of modernizing the grid. How do we get there? At this point, we need to consider state and utility regulatory policy. States and local utilities are gradually being required to increase the percentage of renewable energy they bring into the grid. Therefore, they're also required to rethink the hub and spoke model they've been relying on for the last century. Some utilities may still balk at rethinking infrastructure. They'll say they have two options to meet renewable energy requirements. One, pay local renewable energy producers for their power that is generated by the hydroelectric dams, solar panels, and wind turbines. This would require grid infrastructure changes. Or two, purchase renewable energy credits from other faraway power generation systems. Electrons produced by those renewable energy sources may never make it to our state. But because they purchased the right to take credit for them, the state can still add that towards their renewables requirement. This allows states like Vermont to say they have carbon-free electricity while purchasing credits from a nuclear power plant in New Hampshire or a hydroelectric dam in Canada. It doesn't require grid infrastructure changes, but it also doesn't really increase the production or consumption of renewable energy here. It's just about taking credit for another community's renewable energy. What will the grid of the future look like? If we want a future powered by clean, efficient, renewable energy, we need to ensure our state and federal policies require it. We must move beyond utilities merely paying for renewable energy credits and telling customers they're consuming clean energy. It's just not true. And producing our energy locally is better for everyone. Supporting local renewables and energy storage allows for this transition while creating an affordable and more resilient grid. It also inevitably supports a local economy, keeping dollars local while creating lots of jobs. Along with requiring energy to be produced locally, we also need public utilities to plan for and invest in the construction of the grid of the future. This means power lines and substations that allow for greater decentralized energy production taking place across the country and it means investing in energy storage infrastructure, like giant batteries. That way, our grid infrastructure is happy, and even if the sun isn't shining, we've got energy stored up to keep the lights on. As these policy and infrastructure changes begin to unfold, it will become easier to understand where your power comes from. Hopefully, it will come from your own roof, or from the community solar array down the road. That is the utility we're dreaming of. 